blessing. That, our, that would be our prayer. Every one of us would pray that God would give us a great heart for souls. That's what this conference is all about. Developing a heart, reminding us that uh, the heartbeat of our church is reaching people for Jesus Christ. If you'll take your Bibles, we're going to look at several verses this morning. John chapter 3, verse 16. First of all, the most familiar verse of all. John 3.16. I'd like to title the message today, The Mission of Our Church. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. Now turn to John 4, verse 35. John 4:35 Say not ye there are yet four months and then cometh harvest Behold I say unto you lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white already to harvest Luke chapter 10 verse number 2 Therefore said he unto them The harvest truly is great But the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. And then Mark chapter 16. Verse number 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that's where we'll uh, take our text from and take our sermon from this morning, March 16, 15. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The Lord's talking to the church, telling them what He wanted them to do. You know, Christians should live and give for that which matters most. What matters most in your life? Well, that's what we ought to live and give for. We serve so they serve So we can serve together the greatest of all servants. Our Lord came as a servant. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. We need to live simply so that others can simply live. The gospel is only the good news if it reaches the lost in time. And then today, this church is in in a business meeting to decide the fate of the heathen. We're in a business meeting. We're making a decision today of the fate of many people around this world. Our Lord loved the world so much that He gave Himself for it. Christ established the church so that it could be His tool in reaching the lost around this world. Man, woman, boy, and girl, one person at a time being reached with the gospel. We're told the Lord was not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. His desire is that everybody would be saved. You know, there's some people that think the Lord only died for a certain number of people and that's it. No, He died for the whole world. And He said, I'm not willing that any should perish. I want everybody to come to salvation. But not everybody is going to come to salvation. We know that. But it's the Lord's will that all would be saved. And so it's up to us to take His message to this lost and dying world. That people could come to know Him, or at least have an opportunity 
to come to know him. Aren't you thankful that someone told you? Aren't you thankful that somebody witnessed to you that you could hear the message of salvation? Or else you'd still be in a lost condition. And you'd be thinking just like the rest of the world. Figuring there's no hope anyway. Just do whatever you please. Live for yourself. Thank the Lord. People got saved and people got a burden for me and for you. And that uh, Brother Pete got a burden to come here to start this church. And other churches got a burden to send him so this church could be started. So you'd have a place to come to worship, to grow in the Lord, and perhaps even to be saved. A lot of people have their own idea, though, what a church is all about. I've been pastoring in Liverpool now for 35 years, and I have probably heard it all. But usually when I say that, there's something new that comes up. But people give me, they'll, they'll call me up or they'll come by and they want money. They want you to do something for them. Because they have this idea that a church is a resource for financial help. Many people treat the church like social services. Those same people will never come to church, never be a part of the church, and never help in the church. But that's not what the church is all about. The church is to help its people and And at times we're able to help others, but that's not the purpose of the church, to financially help people. The purpose of the church is getting the gospel out. The Lord tells us that the church is to glorify God. That's what we're here to do, glorify God. We glorify Him in our services. We worship Him in our service. We've sung praises unto Him today. Hopefully our hearts and minds were on what we sang, and it it was a praise unto the Lord. We've We'll worship Him now through the preaching of His Word. We'll worship Him through our giving. We'll worship Him through uh, uh, the specials that were sung. Uh, We'll worship Him uh, through our prayer. Uh, Then we'll worship Him through making a decision, through heeding His Word. We're to glorify God, but it doesn't stop in the church. We're to glorify God every day, everywhere we go. 24-7, we're live for the Lord. It's not... You know, I just live for the Lord on Sunday. It's every day we're to glorify Him. That's how we're able to reach people is because they see the Lord in us. In order to glorify God, we have to evangelize, to reach the lost at home and around the world. We're, We're to do all we can to reach the 7 billion people living in our world today. It's not an impossible task. Several years ago, on December the 26th, remember the tsunami that hit over in the area of Thailand and across there? In just a moment, 150,000 people died, snuffed off into eternity like that. And we hear about tragedies like this all the time, where horrible things happen, earthquakes take place, or famines in countries like Ethiopia and those areas where children are dying every day. You know, we're to do everything we can to get the gospel out because we don't know when the next event will take place. We don't know when people go off, go off into eternity. We don't know when the next person falls over of a heart attack or is hit by a car or a tragic fire or some type of explosion takes place. We have no idea where to take the gospel to a lost and dying world. Every time we go to work, we need to think that it might be the last time I see these people might be the last opportunity I have to ever tell them about the Lord. So I need to use those opportunities. 
I need to live a life that's pleasing to God, that glorifies God, so others will see the Lord in me and that I can be a witness to them. Are we doing all we can do as a church? Are we doing all we can do as an individual to reach people for the Lord? Here in Mark sixteen fifteen, it says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I want to cover three things that we're going to find in this passage. And he's talking to the church here. He's talking to this church. He's talking to my church. What is our duty? What is our job? What is the job of the church? How is the church to function? Well, first of all, there's a command by Christ to the church. Go. There's a message that we're to take. It's the gospel. And there's a method. Preach. Preach the gospel. So let's look at, first of all, the command. It's an authoritative command. It wasn't a request. The Lord didn't say, well, if you got time and if you feel like it and you're not too scared, I'd like you to, you know, take the gospel out if it doesn't offend you. No, he said, go ye. There was no question about it. He didn't say, you know, this is not up for question. Go, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. It's your job to take the message of Jesus Christ to your world, to the people around you. We all have our own, and I want to call them worlds, we all have our own little worlds where we're the only Christian in that world. Those people need you to give them the gospel, to give them an opportunity to say, but they'll never listen. How do you know that? The Lord convicts hearts. The Lord changes hearts. A little seed planted will begin to grow and that person will start thinking, why am I thinking about spiritual things? I'm not a spiritual person. Why am I concerned about whether I'm going to live or die? Why am I concerned about eternity? Because you are witness to him. And the Holy Spirit began to speak. So we need to take opportunities personally to be a witness. There's no question here for, uh, there's no room for questioning. It's not to be treated casual. It's a command by Christ himself. Now, if I tell you to do something, you know, you could treat that very casual. You could just say, I'm not going to listen to him. He doesn't have any authority over me. And you're right, I don't. But Jesus Christ, when he says to do something, we need to stand up and listen. We need to say, yes, sir, whatever you want, I'm willing to do. Because you're my Lord and you're my master. And you'll never ask me to do something that, it's, that I can't do. You're going to give me the ability to do it. So we're to be a witness everywhere we go in our own little worlds. It's repeated in Scripture that we're to go into all the world. In Luke 24, verse 46, it says this, And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Verse 47, And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So he said, Christ died, was buried, rose again. That's the gospel. And you're to preach the gospel of repentance of sins. Trusting the Lord as personal Savior. John twenty twenty one. it says, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father sent me, even so send I you. Matthew 28, verse 18, he said, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Acts 1.8, 1 
But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost parts of the earth. So that's just a few verses that the Lord just reminds us to go. Go ye. Your job, after you've been a believer, is to be an ambassador, to take the message, the greatest message in all the world, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. The Lord's purpose in saving us was to use us in reaching the lost. John 15, verse 16, he says this, You've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. He has ordained us to take the gospel. He's ordained us to bring forth fruit, to tell others how that they can know the Lord as their personal Savior. This is a personal call. It's intended that we all get involved in evangelizing our friends, our neighbors, our relatives. The next town, state, country. We're to get involved. And how do we do that? Well, we do that by giving. We do it by sending. And we do it by going. It's a compelling command. In 2 Corinthians 5.10, it says, For we must, must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to the hath done, whether it be good or bad. You know, we're all going to stand before the Lord and we're going to give an account. And one of the biggest things we're going to give an account of is what did we do with the gospel? Did we tell people? Did we obey the Lord? Did we take the message out? Did we help in getting the message out? Did we pray that others would take the message? Did we pray for the missionaries? What have we done to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out? Ask yourself, what am I doing? I mean, am I praying for people? Am I Trying to give the message. Do I know the plan of salvation? Am I, am I burdened for people around the world? Am I burdened to send missionaries? What am, I, what am I doing? What am I doing to get the gospel out? See, I think a missions conference is the time to begin to reflect on all that throughout the year. What have I done? Have I done what I ought to do? Is there much more I need to do? Could I stand before the Lord today and be happy with what I've tried to do this past year? With my giving, with my witnessing, with the living of my life for the Lord? Am I glorifying Him? Have I done what He's called me to do? We're compelled by the prospects of the judgment seat. Not for us, but for others. Everybody's going to stand before the Lord and give an account. All the lost are going to stand before him. They're, they're lost and on their way to hell. And they're going to stand before the Lord. And he's going to say, depart from me, you work of iniquity, for I never knew you. And maybe it's our friend that he'll say that to. Maybe it's one of our relatives. Maybe it's somebody that we've been working with for years. Somebody that God's brought into our life, but we've been afraid or, or embarrassed to witness to him. We haven't said a thing to them. It should encourage us the fact there is going to be a time of judgment that we need to get the message out. Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse 17. It says this, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. So he says to us, 
I want you to give a warning to people from me. Then verse 18. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou giveth him not warning, nor speaketh to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. He said, I've, I've put you in charge here to be a watchman. And here is somebody that is going to die. They're going to be destroyed. And it's up to you to tell them about it, to warn them. But he said, you've neglected to do that. Then he says, I'm going to require their blood at your hand. In other words, he's saying you have a responsibility to take the message. You have a responsibility to tell people. Now, it's their responsibility to either receive or reject it, but you've got to take it. In verse 20, it says, and again, when a righteous man doth turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because thou hast not given him warning, he shall die in his sins. And his righteousness, which he hath done, shall not be remembered. But this blood, but his blood, will I require at thine hand. So again, he's talking about the watchman. It was up to him to give out the warning. And if he doesn't give out the warning and people die, you're going to be judged for it. And we have a message, the greatest message in the world. And we're to give out the warning. We're to tell people how they can know Christ as Savior. 2 Corinthians 5, 11, 12 and 13 says this. I know, therefore, the terror of the Lord. We persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that ye may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves... It is to God or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. So we know the terror of the Lord. We know that there's going to be a judgment. We know that the lost people are going to go to hell, that the the lost are going to be judged for their sin. And so now it's up to us to take the message. It's up to us to send people to take the message so that those people could come to know the Lord. There are seven billion people in this world that are facing eternity. And out of that seven billion, at least two-thirds of them do not know the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 5.14, it says this, For the love of Christ constrains us, because we judge that if one die for all, then we're all dead. And he that died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. That verse says we are constrained. We are we're encouraged, we're, we're pushed, we're, we're brought to a point of saying, man, i got to do this. We're constrained to take the gospel because one died for all, that all might live. Take the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said this, Romans 1, 14 and 15, he says, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul said, I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor to all mankind because the Lord saved me. I'm a debtor to get that message out. 
to everybody. The Lord saved you. We become debtors. We are to take the message to a lost and dying world. You know, only 3% of the world's population embraces any form of Christianity. More babies are born in one day than there are Christian converts in one week. That means we're never going to catch up if we don't get busy. If we don't get busy and serious about taking the message of salvation. 94% of all preachers minister to 9% of the world's population that speak English. It is said that three cents a week per person is given to missions. Now that's taken account all quote Christianity. Because there are many people who give nothing at all. Majority of people give nothing at all to reach the lost financially. Most Christians will spend more on recreation this year or more on their pets than they will missions. And so, you know, where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. If my heart is in reaching people, that's where my my giving will be. That's where my my uh, my finances will be. Wherever your heart is, that's where you're going to be concentrating and doing the most. Maybe people haven't heard because our priorities are all wrong. I hear people say, well, I just don't think it's fair that the person that's never heard the gospel would go to hell. Well, I don't think it's fair that we have heard the gospel won't take it to those people. Because we do have that ability to do so. I mean, with the technology today, with the finances that we have, with the power that God gives us, there's no reason why we couldn't reach the world and should have already reached the world with the gospel. But we get more concerned about other things and it doesn't become a priority to us. That's why it's so important that churches like this make missions a priority, make getting the gospel out a priority. God has put you here for purpose. It's to reach people, to learn how to reach people and to grow in faith. People say, I don't have enough to be able to give. I can barely make it on my own, so how am I going to give? 2 Corinthians 8, 2, we talked a little bit about that the other day. He said this, How that in a great trial of affliction and the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, and yea, beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. This is how you can give more. These people were going through very difficult times to save people here. They had a great trial of affliction. They were poor people. They didn't have anything. But boy, they loved the Lord. And they wanted to see other people saved. They were so excited about their salvation. And they were so burdened for others to be saved. That they gave to their power. They gave what they had. Which, which if they were poor was very little. But he said, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. How did they do more? Well, first, they were willing of themselves. They gave themselves to God. And then God supplied more for them. God made it possible that they could give more because they gave themselves and because they had that burden to reach people. And that's what God's looking for. People have a burden. People are willing to yield themselves to God and let God be in control. And then God will take... And make it possible, I have a worker now that wants to do something. I'm going to give something to him so he can do it. So he can get the gospel out. 
I want him to uh, become that middle man so that I can give to him so that he can make sure the gospel's taken out. I want to give to that church because they have an unusual burden. They're concerned about reaching the world. So I want to give to that church so that they can give to get the gospel out. You know, when we become selfish people, we uh, then there becomes arguments within the church and disgruntled things taking place and and there's no longer the emphasis on what we're supposed to do because now we're sidetracked and everything else. But when we give of ourselves willingly to the Lord, let the Lord take control, we're too busy getting the gospel out to be worried about all these other things. We're doing what God's called us to do. Well, the first thing was to go. The second message, the message to preach, is the gospel. And I think we know what that is. It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans 5.8 But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. We're to take the gospel to a lost and dying world. You know, it's not that we're to feed the lost, uh, the world, uh, or give orphanages, have orphanages for the world, or doctor the world. Those are good things, and those are things that a local church could uh, develop in, in maybe the needed area of that country, but for us to send missionaries, the number one thing we have to do is bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I find that when people receive the gospel, the Lord makes a difference in their life and changes and brings about the things that they need. Their needs are fulfilled. God takes care of it. He tells us that, that as uh, we seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things, food, clothing, shelter, all those things are added unto us. So what do we need to do? Take the gospel. They get saved. They're God's people. And he'll make sure those needs are taken care of. The message has to be believed. In order for people to come to know the Lord as Savior, they have to believe the message. It involves repentance. It involves turning to Christ, believing that he gave his life on the cross of Calvary and asking him to come into your life and be your Savior. There's a delivering power in the message. In Acts 26, in verse 18, it says this, To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them, which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Now notice this. He opens the eyes. The gospel opens the eyes And turns you from darkness to light. From the power of Satan to the power of God. Have you experienced that in your life? When you accepted Christ your Savior, your eyes were opened. You're open to the truth. You're open to the Word of God. And then He began to bring you out of that darkness. And bring you into light. And He says, That they may receive forgiveness of sins. And inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that's in me. So we, we're turned from darkness to light. Our sins are forgiven. And then we receive an inheritance. We become the children of God. In Romans 1.16, we already quoted it, but Paul said this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth, To the Jew first, and also to the Greek. The gospel is the power of salvation. The word of God. You take that word of God out, there's power. 
great power. That's why a missionary can go over to a foreign country that they, they like, let's say to a Muslim country, they, don't, they, they say they don't want to hear a thing. They don't want to know anything about Jesus. But he gets there and he begins to preach and people get saved. And, you know, people who, it could be death if they get saved. They come to know the Lord. Why? Because of the power of the gospel. They repent and turn to the Lord and accept Him as Savior because there's power in the Word of God. The Lord gives us the power to take the gospel out. You start witnessing, the Lord will give you power. That power will change the hearts of people. The Holy Spirit will begin to convict people and bring them to salvation. So what does the gospel do? It delivers us from blindness, spiritual blindness. It delivers us from sin. It delivers us from the wrath to come. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. So the gospel saves people from wrath. And then the gospel message gives us the forgiveness of sins. Acts thirteen thirty-eight. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. He said we're justified by the gospel, not by keeping the Ten Commandments. We're not justified by living a good life. We're not justified by coming to church. But we're justified by the gospel. Just as if, if I've never sinned. The gospel cleanses me and saves me from my sins and makes me a child of God. And that's the message we're to take out. It's the most powerful message in all the world. And we're to take that message to a lost and dying world. We're to be a part of sending people to take that message everywhere. Not just here, but everywhere. First Peter 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according... To his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. When we accept the Lord as our Savior, our lives are completely changed. It's the power of the gospel. And so the third thing we see is the method. The method is to preach. There are three ways that your church can preach to the world. First of all, by personally witnessing. Giving your testimony. But you shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. See, as you witness, the power of God comes. So you're personally witnessing. You say, well, I don't know a lot about the Bible. Well, you know you got saved and you know the Lord changed your life. So you can personally testify of what God has done for you. So that's that witnessing. And then by prayer, praying for a burden, praying that God would burden our hearts for the lost, praying that God would burden people to go. Romans 9, 2, it says that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart, for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God is for Israel that they might be saved. Paul said, Lord, I am so burdened for my people, the Jews, that I would be willing to go to hell that they might go to heaven. That's a burden. That's a tremendous burden. 
He wanted so badly that his people would be saved. You know, that's why Paul became the greatest missionary that ever lived. Because he had the greatest burden. He was willing to go to hell that others would go to heaven. That is a tremendous burden. I'm not sure that I've ever had that burden. That I'd be willing to go to hell that others would go to heaven. There's a man that gave his life that others might be saved. We can pray for our missionaries to be called and to be sent and to be supported. And pray that when they get there on the field, that souls would be saved. The third thing we can do in preaching the gospel, taking that message, is by providing. Giving to the needs of our missionaries. Sending them with financial means. You come together as a church and you give as a church and you can do so much more. Giving to send them. Sending them with the financial needs. It's in our hands. The world will hear the word if we send the preachers. We need to send people. We need to be burdened ourselves. We need to go. We need to send. We need to pray that the Lord will burden the hearts of others to go around the world and preach the gospel. The cost, well, the cost is, there's two costs, a spiritual cost and a financial cost. It has to, has to be more than just a good thing to do. It has to be more than, well, that's great. I'm glad we're uh, helping missionaries. That's just wonderful. No, it has to be more than that. It has to be a, a heart burden. It's not just a good thing. It's the most important thing that the gospel has taken out. It's got to be a conviction that the Great Commission is for us to follow. That we have to take the message. That our church is, is brought together so the message can be taken to lost and dying. So that the, the missionaries can be sent around the world. In Philippians chapter 4 Verse 14, it says, Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Paul said, it's, you've done a great thing, Philippian church. You've done a great thing by communicating with the need. Ye Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. Well, that's kind of sad and also a blessing. Paul said, nobody else gave so that I could go out and do the work, but you, you're it. But that, the blessing, the fact is, that at least they were the ones to do it. He said in verse 16, for even in Thessalonica, he once and again, sent once and again unto my necessity. So there was a couple times they gave. And he said, not because I desired a gift. Paul said, if I had to, I'd keep working to do it because I believe this is what needs to be done. I want to see these people saved. If I have to work a a full-time job, do it. I'm going to do it. But he said, what a blessing it was that you Philippians, you guys had a burden. You had a burden for souls to be saved. You had a burden for the lost. And you gave so that I could spend more time in preaching and winning souls to the Lord. He said, I didn't really desire a gift, but I desired fruit that may abound to your account. He said, by you doing this, God will give you great fruit for it. Then verse 18, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus 
the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, sacrifice, acceptable and well-pleasing God. When he talks about an odor of sweet smell, you know, back in the days of the tabernacle, there was the incense altar and there was this, uh, incense placed upon that altar, which pictured prayers ascending up into heaven. It was a sweet smell to God. And this is what uh, what Paul's talking about here. He said, when you gave that offering, it was a sweet scent in the nostrils of God. It was God saying, that's exactly what it's all about. Wonderful people. Good job. I'm glad you're finally getting the burden. You're realizing, understanding that I am glorified and honored by those who are willing to reach the world. Willing to give of themselves. Give what they have to get the gospel out. And then in verse 19, Paul tells them the blessing from, from what they did. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. A church that's willing to give for the gospel, willing to go out, willing to send missionaries, willing to sacrifice, willing to give faith promise, God says, I'm going to supply your needs. And probably there's no greater evidence of that and illustration of that is this church. How that God gave you this building. How that God's repaired this building. How that God's brought people in here. How that people have gone out. People are being saved. Uh, you have uh, the ability to reach people all around the world. You all have families everywhere. God has worked mightily in this church. He's supplied your needs. And He'll continue to supply your needs. As you continue to do the work that God's called you to do. We're coming down to the end of this missions conference. I hope that you've been spending time praying, asking God to burden your heart and let you know what He wants you to do this coming year in getting the gospel out. Maybe God's burdened your heart about a neighbor or a friend, a relative, that you haven't really been witnessing to them like you ought to. God's burdened your heart to talk to them. Somebody you go to school with, somebody you work with. Maybe God's burdened you to pray more about your missionaries, to get a list of those missionaries and begin to specifically pray for them and pray for their needs. Maybe pray for a certain city or certain country. God's beginning to burden you. Surrender to that. Surrender to God's call. Be willing of yourselves. Do what God wants you to do. Allow Him to work in your life. Allow Him to give to you that you might give to missions. God might want you to give a lot more than you're giving. Maybe a little bit more. I don't know what it is. But I think everybody ought to do more because of the great need. And because the Lord will give us the ability to do so. In closing, maybe you're here and you're not 100% sure that if you were to die, that you'd go to heaven. You say, you're preaching all this about sending money and sending people and being saved and lost. I don't really understand that. I just, I'm not sure that when I die, I'd go to heaven. I mean, I believe that Jesus died. I believe he was buried and rose again. I know that I'm a sinner. You need to understand that Jesus will forgive you of your sin and give you eternal life. He'll give you a home in heaven if you're willing to repent. Come to Him, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I'm sorry I'm a sinner. I want to live for You. I want my life changed. I want to go to heaven. Lord, I put my faith in You and my trust in You. 
There's only one way to heaven. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's not man's way. It's God's way. And God said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. That's the message we're giving out. That Jesus died for your sins so you could have eternal life. So that you could go to heaven. He loved you so much. For God so loved the world that He gave. You can take world out of there and say, For God loved me that He gave His only begotten Son that I might have eternal life. In a moment, we'll be standing. We're going to have an invitation time inviting people to come. If they need to come and pray, maybe pray about their giving, pray about their burden, pray about reaching people for the Lord. And it's also a time that if you're here and you're not sure that you're going to heaven and you want somebody to show you out of the Bible, you just come and someone will take a Bible and show you out of God's Word. Not asking you to join the church, but asking you to trust God for your life. And they'll show you how you can have eternal life. Let's stand with our heads bowed. I'll have a word of prayer and then I'll turn it over to the pastor. God speaking to your heart as our invitation begins. Would you just come? Spend some time here at the altar talking to the Lord, praying about your faith promise, what God would have you to do. And if you need the Lord as your personal Savior, you're not sure of where you're going to spend eternity, come. Someone will meet you here and show you out of God's Word. Heavenly Father, I pray for your will and way to be done at this time of invitation, God. I pray, Lord, that we'll surrender our lives to you, we'll do your will, that we'll give as you have us to give, Lord, that you'll supply that need. Lord, maybe we have friends and relatives and loved ones that we've not been as burdened for, but you've placed a great burden on our heart that we might come to this altar and take time, Lord, to talk to you about it. Then, Lord, I ask if there's anyone here that's not sure whether they're going to heaven, they would come and allow someone to take a Bible and show them how they can be sure, Lord. And these things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. With our heads bowed as the pastor comes and leads us in this invitation. You come.